Amen. Good stuff, man. So many great opportunities uh, for you this morning. I'm just watching all those announcements. If y'all have any questions about any of that stuff, come see me or Pastor Jessica. Uh, we love to help you get connected to the right people, right? Uh, answer any questions that you have. Also, check out our website, libertychurchcampuses.com. There's still uh, some time left for some of our small groups. If you want to get involved, man, don't let this opportunity pass you by, amen? Because small groups are, are super important. Uh, and we're actually going to be picking up uh, where we left off last week, right? We're, we're talk, talking about small groups. We, we kicked off a brand new series, right? A new message, uh, really all about relationships. Uh, because relationships are super, super important. God calls us uh, into relationship. Uh, and, and there's a little lie that we can tell ourselves, right? That, you know what? I don't need relationships. See, people... They hurt me. There's an opportunity for people to, to use me and abuse me. And you know what? I got hurt before. And so you know what? Just me and God and Jesus, uh, and we got this, right? That's all I need. That is a little lie from the enemy. Uh, because, yes, we need God. Yes, we need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit. But you know what? God calls us uh, into relationships, right? And so it's very important. Uh, and really, we're some of us are only... One, one right relationship away from like changing the total course of our life, the total trajectory, tra <laughs> trajectory, I said I messed that up first service too, uh, of our lives, right? To get to the next level, the next, the next uh, step in my life, that next uh, major blessing, right? One, one relationship away. Uh, you know what? And the enemy, he's working too, right? Uh, we got to be careful about and praying about who we allow into our lives because we're not called to be in relationship with every single person that we come in contact with uh, because the enemy's trying to send people into our lives too. Uh, we could be one bad relationship away from, <laughs> from really bad situations, right? Maybe physical death, spiritual death, walking away from God, getting unplugged from my church. And so relationships are super key and super Important. Let's go ahead. Let's look at that first uh, recap point uh, this morning as we as we pick up uh, where we left off last week. We'll hit some of the highlights, and I'm really excited to take this message uh, deeper. Uh, not just deeper, but kind of uh, the Holy Spirit kind of just took it down a little uh, different path, uh, and I'm excited to give that to you. Uh, but before we do, let's go ahead and just like we normally do, hit our highlights. So we said last week, kicking this off. Uh, we said now, somebody say now, more than ever, the church needs to be unified. Uh, now, more than ever, our church needs to be unified. The global church, churches in Holly Pond, churches in Alabama, churches in the nation, in the world, we need to be unified. Why? Because unity is power, right? You know, we can't be unified and, and come together under the banner of Christ if we're not in relationship. You know, we have to be in relationships with others within our church. And even our church has to be uh, in other relationships with other healthy churches to, 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 to help further uh, what God is wanting to do, what he is trying to do, and really further the message, right, and the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. The, the next part of that statement. So unity is power. And as believers, to live a life of victory, we can't choose to run alone. None of us are really as strong as we think we are. <laughs> no matter what you've done, maybe you've accomplished some great things. I hope you give all those great things uh, the credit to, to God. 
uh, credit to Jesus uh, because apart from him, we can accomplish nothing. But no matter what you've done, you got to know that you're, you're, you're one bad thought, one bad relationship, one bad action away from God knows what could happen, right? We're not as strong as we think. Or we need help. And see, pride wants to rise up on the inside of us and say, you know what? You got this. You've been doing okay. You know what? You don't need to, to open up and, and get out of your comfort zone and meet some new people uh, because you got this, right? That's a lie. Because none of us are as strong as we really think we are. Let's look at Romans 12, 3 through 5. It says, Because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning, right? Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of others, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. I love that. The end of that, he says, we are many parts of, of one body, and we all belong to each other. As different members, uh, you have your life, you have your family, you have uh, your job, you have your gifts, your talents, your anointing. But the cool thing about a living, breathing church with Christ as the head of that spiritual body, we all are different members, right? Different parts of that same body. And when we come together in unity, in harmony, it makes the body of Christ stronger, right? See, because think of it just like your regular body. Right? Uh, my finger uh, is attached and accountable to my hand, right? And my hand is attached and accountable to my arm and so on and so on and so on, right? We actually... Hear me now, we belong to each other. Some of y'all are the finger. <laughs> some of y'all are the hand. And some of y'all are the arm and so on. The only thing none of us are is the head, right? Jesus is the head of his body. It's where we get our mission statements, where we get the goals of heaven. It's where we get everything, right? And so, but we all, when we're, we're accountable to each other, when my finger is healthy and growing and, and doing the thing that it's supposed to do, the rest of my body flourishes, right? See, but if I cut my finger off and I throw it over there in the corner, what's going to happen to it? It's going to die. And it's not going to take long. And guess what else? Now my hand suffers. My finger's suffering and my hand is suffering. Because together we belong to each other. Does that make sense? So no matter what your gifting is, no matter what your talent is, know that you belong to the body of Christ. And when we come into unity together, the church is stronger. Amen. The body of Christ is better. Let's look at that next point. So we're talking about making the body stronger. And we do that because we're accountable to each other. We're connected to each other. And so we need strong circles with believers. Somebody say believers. In our lives that we can trust, who we can fight with, and who will have our backs. Community and fellowship with others is how we continue to grow and how we, it helps stay, keep us filled up. And so this is another reason we need to be building strong circles that we can run with, people that I can trust, people that do have my backs, pe people that I can ask to pray for me when I'm struggling, 
going through something, I can trust to know that they'll, they'll come see me if, if I need them to come see me, uh, if I need help, whatever it may be. And this is why we're really called to be in relationship and forging uh, these, these circles. I don't want to call them of friends or circles of friendship. They are friends. But really, when you forge a circle with like-minded believers, you know it's more than just being friends. It's an extension of family, extension of your spiritual family, of your church family. And those type of circles can stand. And when we run together within those circles, now I can be on purpose, right? They got my back, I got their backs. I'm praying for them, they're praying for me. I can trust them because I know they believe in the same God I do, right? They're not going to hurt me, they're not going to use me, they're not going to abuse me. Uh, And I can trust them, right? And then when I'm in relationship with them and, and they're in relationship with me, we help feed each other and help grow each other. And that's really where the community and fellowship helps continue and cultivate that, that really that cycle of life, right? You can be on a cycle of life or you can be on a cycle of death. <laughs> if you feel like you're on the cycle of death, I can tell you something. I bet you're trying to do life alone. And you feel that way, and you feel frustrated, and you feel angry, and you feel like nobody understands you, nobody knows what's going on inside of you, and I'm mad, and I'm angry, and I'm frustrated, and maybe rightfully so, but guess what? You ain't told nobody about it to help you. If you'd open up and let some people in, not just anybody, don't don't miscommunicate what I'm trying to say, somebody that you can really trust, let them in so that they can impart peace to you and wisdom and guide you to his word, and pray for you, and help you, and run with you, and fight for you. Amen. Those are the type of people I want in my life. Anybody else? I need more people like that in my life. And so that's how we stay filled up, uh, and stay full of joy. How we can get up on Monday morning and still go to work in a job that we hate, right? But we have to pay the bills. That's how I can continue to do that, is when I am connected and and accountable to other believers who have my back. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, right? It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Somebody say real trouble. I've been there. I've been alone. I've fell, uh, and it almost killed me. Right? I share it all the time. I was alone. I did that to myself. And so odds are, statistics say, if you're connected to a healthy living church uh, and, you, and you're accountable to other believers and you're doing life together in small groups in the church, uh, that you more than likely will not fall. I mean, we'll st- the life of faith right, is an up and down thing, right? And that's part of faith. Some days you fall. You feel like you can do anything with Jesus, right? Other days, it's tough. I'm not saying you don't struggle with your faith, okay? Don't, that's part of faith is, 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 is walking through that and, and figuring that out, but you're less likely to fall. Does anybody, anybody hear what I'm saying? You are less likely to fall when we are in relationship with other people. The next point, if we don't fight and run together in circles... We will literally find ourselves lost and running in circles. 
And so this is why we need to be forging relationships, forging circles in our lives so that we can run together, right? Because if I'm doing life alone, like that finger that is about to die over in the corner, what does that look like? I'm stuck. I'm literally walking around in circles, lost, frustrated, angry around the same old mountains, the same old struggles, the circle of anxiety or uh, the circle of my depression or the circle of, of my addiction or the circle of my anger or my jealousy and I'm stuck. I'm doing life alone. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, I'm running around in a circle. Y'all remember those little, those little hamster things, those wheels? That's us. Just running, rampant, no energy, no joy, no peace. We are stuck, and it's because I'm not running in circles with other people who love and care about me. Oh, I'm running in circles by myself, but I'm not running with people who have my back. Second part of that statement, when we decide to fight and run alone, we're vulnerable to the enemy, and seclusion kills When you find yourself in that place, if you survive it, it continues to get worse and worse and worse, and eventually it ends to spiritual death, spiritual decay, and maybe even actual death. You know, suicide rates are like up 35, 40% right now. Did anybody know that? With all the stuff going on in the world and people quarantined and coronavirus, people lost their jobs. Uh, And I can guarantee you, a high percentage of that percentage was not connected to the church. Was not connected to other believers who were praying for them. I'm not saying all of them. Some of them may, may have had people that were fighting for them, praying for them. But I'd say high statistics say that they were off alone because seclusion kills. You know, we need to hear another voice in our head other than just our own voice all the time because you know what my voice all the time is no good I need somebody else's voice speaking life to me so that I can decipher what's God what's Ian what's the devil what's and if it's just me alone all the time and it's just my voice over and over I can get lost that's why we need relationships so other people can speak into our lives to help me wake up. Say, you know what? Maybe I'm doing this wrong. Amen. Someone who's going to help guide me to Christ. The next point. So, yes, God is with us wherever we go, right? But we all still need to be in healthy relationships with others. That's going back to what I was saying about us buying that lie. You know what? You know what? I don't need people. I can just do this, me and God, and, and I'm good. Is that true? Yes, God goes with us wherever we go if we... If we're born again and we've asked this Holy Spirit to come live in us, that's, that is true. But you can only get so far. You can only conquer so many things and get to the next level unless we are in relationship with others. So no matter who you are, where you are in life, we can all learn and glean from each other to help make the church better and stronger. Better and stronger. Y'all, we need a, a better, stronger church. Romans 14, 19 says, So then, let us aim. Somebody say Aim. For harmony in the church and try to build each other up. That's got to be the goal. Uh, Seeing and recognizing that we're each valuable. We all bring something to the table and aiming for that unity, which is power, 
Uh, unity is like harmony. And so uh, u- unity and harmony brings about strength. Uh, and when we're stronger, the church is stronger. When the church is stronger, the world is stronger. Amen. That leads me to my next point, our first new point uh, for today. So it says, when the church is strong, our world is a better place. Somebody say better place. And you know this to be true, right? When, when the church is healthy, growing, and full of love, and, and strong, uh, there's less hungry people on the streets, right? There's less kids that uh, are going to school without, without new shoes and new coats. Uh, there's less kids uh, celebrating Christmas with no presents. When the church is healthy and growing and full of love, right? When it's strong, those things are real. There's less world hunger in the world when the church is strong. When the church is strong, there's less hurting broken people because we're doing things like celebrate recovery. Uh, people are coming to know uh, freedom, right? In Christ and salvation in Christ. And that's because of a healthy, stronger, growing church. It, it makes the world a better place. But we need strength, right? That strength comes from Christ and nothing else, right? Christ is the cornerstone to our strength. The strength that we want and desire can't come from me, can't come from you, can't come from a show I watch or another person. It comes from the cornerstone, which is Jesus Christ. That's what makes the church strong. I can't add to the finished work of Jesus, right? But you know what I can do? I can build on top of what Jesus has done. I build on top of that with the relationships that I have in my life. So second part of that statement, when we have thriving relationships and strong circles, it strengthens the foundations of our lives in the church. And the Lord was showing me that the strength of the foundation in our lives, we're talking about needing a strong foundation, right? That's Jesus, the cornerstone. But the strength of the foundations that I'm trying to build in my life are directly linked to my relationships. And guess what? When I have a strong relationship with Christ, that means I have strong, healthy relationships with others. I'm trying to build strong foundations in my life. Right? I need a strong financial foundation. I need a strong relationship foundation. I need a strong family foundation. Right? I'm trying to build my life on the cornerstone that is Jesus. And so I can't add to what he's done, his finished work, but I can build on top of what he's already laid. Does that make sense? And in order to do that, I need a strong relationship with him. And if I have a strong relationship with him, it flows up. And I'll have strong relationships with others. And if I have a strong relationship with him, I'll be less likely to find myself in relationships with people that I'm not supposed to be in relationships with. Amen? It all flows up. Let's look at that next scripture. It's Ephesians 2, 19 through 21. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. He's writing to the Gentiles, right? Before Jesus, it was you had to be pure Jewish blood in order to have the favor of God, the blessing of God, to be able to enter in, right, to the fullness of what God had. Jesus knocked that out of the park. He started, he started something new and fresh, right? He, he offered that love and that forgiveness and that, that promise of eternal life to you and to me because I'm pretty sure none of us are, are full Jewish blood in here, right? So that's us. He's speaking to us, the Gentiles. He says, so that now that you're no longer strangers and foreigners, right, to, to the glory that is God the Father, you are citizens along with all of God's holy people. Somebody say holy people. Did you know that you are holy people if you believe in Jesus Christ? 
Amen. You are holy people. Don't forget that. You are members of God's family together. Somebody say together. We are his house. And there it is, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone, there it is, is Christ Jesus himself, right? We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And so together we are his house. As we come together, uh, different members of, of, of one body, joined together, accountable to each other, we build and are building his house that was laid by his life, by his sacrifice at the cross, which is Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. Uh, and we literally begin to, to build the church on top of that truth uh, and begin to forge our circles. We're going to be talking about different layers and depths and types of circles that God calls us to have in our lives today. But I want to get ahead of myself because if we do that, if we're connected to Jesus Christ himself, building upon that foundation that he laid, that means that he makes me holy. He makes you holy if you're connected to him. That next point. So if we're holy, right? I told you that you're holy. Hope you believe that you are. So as holy people, it matters who we run with. It's the company that we keep and the foundations that we build that determines whether we will stand. Amen. I love that. It's the company that we keep and the foundations that we build determine whether or not I'm going to stand or whether or not I'm going to fall. So if I'm a whole, if God calls me holy, <laughs> I can't be in a close, intimate relationship with somebody who is out in sin. I'm called to love the sinner, but I'm not called to be in close proximity relationship with that person. Does that make sense? Because I'm holy. What does holy mean? We've went over this before. It means set apart, right? Different for the glory of God. And so if I'm connected to him, God calls me holy, it matters who I run with. I have to clean up my circles, so to speak. I got to clean up the people I'm hanging around with the people I'm doing life with, the people I'm telling intimate things about my life too. Because if you're telling things to people you're not supposed to be in a relationship with, they actually might hurt you. They might use you, might abuse you. They might go behind your back, right? And so that's why it matters who we run with. And the foundations that we build, it determines whether or not we're going to stand or whether we're going to fall. This is why we need different layers, levels, and types of circles in our lives. And the focus of each circle must be, here it is, loving God, loving each other, and getting better together. Pastor Ian, how, how can I decide or tell if I'm in a bad relationship? Well, I can tell you. If, 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 as you're looking at your relationships, as you're looking at your life, is the focus of that relationship, are you both together uh, striving to love God? Are you both respecting and, and loving each other in a healthy way? And are you all growing together in the Lord? Growing healthy together. If you're not doing those three things, you're probably not in a good, healthy, godly relationship. It's actually pretty easy to decipher, right? Does it make it any easier to maybe cut off certain people that maybe you know are hurting you? 
No. Because maybe we actually love some of those people, right? But if ultimately that relationship with that person is going to hurt me or cause me to stumble or if it's stifling my growth or, or, or stopping me from going to that next place or the next season or next level in the Lord, is it worth it? No. And so we, maybe some of us have to kind of clean closet a little bit, clean up our circles and get connected uh, with the right people. Because that has to be the focus of the different le- le- layers, levels, and types of circles that I'm in. Proverbs 27, 17, right? Y'all know this. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. That's another, that's another deciding factor if I'm in a good, healthy relationship or not. Are they sharpening me? Uh, are they making me stronger? Am I sharpening them? Are they making me stronger? Because here's the thing. It goes both ways. If I'm in a relationship with somebody I'm not supposed to be with, odds are they're actually going to dull me. I'm going to become a blunt instrument. I'm not going to be an instrument of righteousness or a light of truth out there in the world. And if they're dulling me, I'm probably dulling them. Does anybody see that? It goes both ways. John 15, 13, it says, There is no greater love than, than for one to lay one's life down for friends. Are the people you're in a relationship with, would, would they lay their life down for you? Do they constantly so sacrifice and, and let you uh, feel loved and let you feel appreciated? Because you know what? A relationship goes both ways. You have to pursue each other. <laughs> I feed off you when I'm feeling, uh, when I'm struggling and feeling empty. And then when, when, when you're struggling and feeling empty, I pour into you, right? It goes both ways. Are these people doing that for you in your life? If they're not, you probably got to cut them off. Can you still love them? Can you still pray for them? Yes. If they get into a good place, maybe you can then get back into a relationship with them. But until they choose the Lord, it's not going to work, right? It can't work. We can't mix together because God calls us holy. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching, this is Jesus, by the way, uh, speaking, if you're reading your Bible, the notice is read, listens to my teaching and follows it, it was wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock, right? The cornerstone, that is Jesus Christ. He's kind of laying the foundations, not just speaking of foundations, but laying the foundation of that truth that he is, right? The rock, the cornerstone. He says in verse 26, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is a fool, right? Is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. Any carpenters, any construction guys, Nobody in this service, if you've ever built a house, you would know you can't just build a house on, on like beach sand. That's not smart. It's not, it's not firm. It's not a foundation. When we don't do what the Lord asks us, when we're in a relationship with the people we know we're not supposed to be in, it's like laying a foundation that will not last. It will not stand the test and trials uh, that your life is going to go through. 27, when the rains and floods come and, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse. Somebody say collapse in a mighty crash. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It will not stand. It has to be built on the cornerstone. Any and all relationships have to be built on the cornerstone that is Jesus. To maintain our integrity, the next point, strength and pursuit of maturity, right? And that's what I hope we're all running and striving to do together. We're all doing it independently, uh, but we also have to be doing it together. And so to maintain those things, we need three different types of circles in our lives. And that's where I want to stop for a second. 
So I'm going to give you these three layers, the depthness of different types of circles that we need to be forging in our lives to help us stay on this, this, this growth track, <laughs> this, 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 this race and this, this track of growth and prosperity and spiritual health and wholeness. Uh, I have to do it with other people. Uh, and so the first, the first type of circle, we're talking about running in circles, the first le- level, uh, I don't want to say one's more important than the other, but the first is an inner circle. Somebody say inner circle. An inner circle is a thoroughly vetted, closed off, confidential group of two to four people that we can tell any and everything to, Okay. I got parentheses there, total transparency at all times. We are not called as believers to wear masks. I know that at times in the world, sometimes we close ourselves off to certain people and we maybe don't portray our actual selves. But in this inner circle of group of people that I need, that I know I can trust and believe, have my back and I have their backs, we total transparency, honest openness, it's where we actually grow together. And it's, it, 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 they know who, who the real Ian is in this circle. And it is a thoroughly vetted circle. What do I mean by that? Hopefully you've done your homework. You, you found out that this is a person that you would trust your family, your life with. And you know what? There's not just anybody are you going to allow somebody the permission into your life in that situation, Right? And so it's thoroughly vetted. These are people that you've, you've, you've maybe even interviewed or talked to. You can trust them, right? And it's also a closed-off group. What do I mean by that? The, the, the people within the inner circle all have that same understanding that, you know what, this, is, this isn't a circle that's going to get bigger. This is our circle, right? It has to stay this way. You may, you may branch off and have a other bigger circles, but your inner circle is that core group of people that no matter what, at two in the morning, three in the morning, you can call them and they're going to answer their phone. And if they have to come to your house, they will. If they have to loan you $20, they will. You don't, know, you don't doubt that they're praying for you. These are people that that you know everything about their lives, their family, what they're going through, their struggles, and vice versa. They know all, all your stuff, all your junk, all your dreams, all the things that you're believing God for, right? And what does that happen? You're making each other stronger, right? You're sharpening each other. And that's the sole purpose of this inner circle, this inner core group of, of circle of believers. And what are y'all doing? You are running together in a circle, moving in the same direction Towards God. Total transparency at all times. It's the inner circle, uh, really, where there is it's an unbreakable bond. You have a bond that, that nothing is going to break your circle up. You trust each other, you believe for each other. It's an unbreakable bond. Let's look at that next scripture, John 13, 20 through 26. Did y'all know that even Jesus had an inner circle? He had a group, he had 12, right? But he also had a smaller group of of his own disciples that he poured a little extra into, that he trusted in times of need, that he told things he didn't tell anybody else. And I can prove it to you. Excuse me, John 13, 22 through 26, right? Disciples looked at each other. This is is at the Last Supper. Uh, 
before, before Jesus is, is, is betrayed, and it says the disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. Uh, the disciple that Jesus loved, right? The disciple that Jesus loved. This is John writing in the book of John about himself, the one who Jesus loved, a little humble brag, right? <laughs> he says the disciple who Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him. Simon Peter's back in the motioning to John, the one who Jesus loved, and he motions to him. He says, who's he talking about? Jesus said that someone's going to betray him. He says, who's he talking about? So that disciple, who's John, leaned unto Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, it's the one whom I give the bread, I dip in the bowl, and even he had dipped it and gave it to Judas, son of Simon, Issachar. Even Jesus had some that he held closer. Even Jesus had some that he told certain things to that he wouldn't tell the rest of his group of, of people. He told John who it was. He was open and transparent. He shared something special with him for the sole purpose of making their bond, their relationship, Stronger. Let's look at Matthew 26, um, 36 to 39. It says, uh, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there to pray. All right, this is right before Jesus prays drops of blood. He's struggling, right? He, he, he's, he's really being spiritually tested. And he says, At verse 37, he took... Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John. And he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep a watch with me. Some, some versions say, and pray with me or for me. He went on for a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not Mine. In the most crucial moments of Jesus' life, even Jesus needed those relationships of those that he trusted the most. In this most crucial hour time of Jesus' life where he's, he's, you want to talk about thinking about maybe giving up or quitting or, or jumping ship, he's at that moment. He had to pray God's will, not his own will. What does he do? He reaches out to three people that he loves, cares about, and trusts the most to pray for him, to have his back, and to watch with him. Do you think it's any different for you or for me? Before you are about to enter into something that you don't even know you're about to enter into, trust me, you need some people that have your back. Some people that you can trust. Some people who will that will help you in your hour of need. Even Jesus had an hour of need. Amen. And he had those, that inner circle, that core group of people from within his even larger group. Amen. Let's look at that next point. The second circle we need, right, is that group, that other group I'm talking about that Jesus had, his 12 disciples, right, is a small group. The second circle we need is a small group. A small group is a circle of five to 10 people, a small group is intended to care for others, help keep us focused, moving forward, and passionate. Somebody say passionate. About the race that God has for us. The race that God has called each of us 
to run, right? That's what a small group is intended for, is for the, the spiritual care of others. And I am talking about a small group within our church. That can be a small group that I'm talking about. But I'm also talking about just a small group that you can, you can forge and make and have uh, on your own, not necessarily a small group of Liberty Church. Uh, a lot of us guys here at the church, at the Holly Pond campus, we have, I call it a men's small group. We have a, it's a little uh, a text group. Uh, I think there's about eight or nine of us. Uh, and we reach out to each other each week. You know what? And we share. We, we're sharing things that are going on. If I need prayer for this or prayer for that. You know what? But we don't just talk about just those things. We talk about, we talk about the football game, the baseball game, right? What's going on with the family? Uh, and so, see, that's, that's different than an inner circle, right? Because the level of deepness and the level of confession and the level of, of openness is different, right? And so that's where the small group comes into place. It's still, it's still part of my support system. It's small groups that add another level, a layer, a dynamic to that support group that we're trying to build this foundation on, right, on top of Jesus as we're building our lives. It's an extra support system. And so that's exactly what it's, what it's for. And, and it's within the small group that we really begin, right, as we're running together, we help, it helps feed, we feed off each other, right? When you're getting victory at work or you're experiencing awesome, amazing things. You share about it, and then it, it fills me up, and then I encourage you, and then vice versa, you encourage me, and it helps keep us running, right? It helps us continually moving forward with a pace, right? A pace of victory to where we're, 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 we're in it together, and it helps us keep us passionate as well. Let's read Romans 12, 9 through 13. It says, don't just pretend to love others, really Love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. And here, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. That's what a small group is for. We have to be eager to help each other. We have to be uh, ready to open up our lives, open up my ears, open up my eyes to be there for you when you're hurting or to, to be a, just to, to listen. I don't have to fix your problems. If the Lord gives me a, a solution that might help your problem, then yes, I share that too, right? But that's what we do. We, we, we stay focused. We keep moving forward. We stay enthusiastic uh, about our race and about each other's race, and it helps us continue to move forward. It's really how we t- help take care of of each other. Amen. It's an extension of that inner circle that helps the foundation of not just our lives, but the church stay stronger and go to that next level. Amen. The next point. So we need an inner circle. We need a small group. And the third is, I couldn't come up with anything fancy to say, so I'm calling it a large group. Is a large group, but in quotations, put the church. It's the large group the Lord was showing me is a church is the living, breathing church that I need to be a part of in my life in order to experience spiritual prosperity. So a large group is a circle of 15 or more people. We all need to be connected and accountable to a church that we regularly attend, somebody say attend, and call home. We all need a church that we regularly attend, that we call home, where that's where I'm going to, to learn more about God and to serve my gifts and to help others do the same thing, right? The second part of that statement. It's within this circle that we serve, learn more about God, and invite others to do the same. That's how the church grows. That's how the church 
continues to spread its foundation. That's how it, it gets bigger and enlarges itself. And we all need uh, that circle in our lives. And the cool thing the Lord was showing me, this might be the biggest circle, right? We have three circles and this is the biggest, but it doesn't mean it's any less important, right? Because it's this biggest circle that is a constant reminder to me that I'm living for something bigger than my life, right? It's within this circle that I'm weakly reminded that, you know what? This life is temporal. The stuff that I'm storing up, the, the life that I'm trying to build isn't really going to matter all that much when Jesus calls me home. Because we're living for something bigger, right? So just because it's a bigger circle doesn't mean it's any less important. It might be the most important. I don't know. You figure that out. Because this circle is where I get that weekly reminder. You know what? This is about Jesus, right? This is about God the Father. Holy Spirit, come live and dwell inside me and use me. That's how I get that weekly touch, that weekly reminder, right? And so I need that, but it's, it's on Sunday mornings that we can only, as far as relationships go, together get so close, right? Because it's on Sundays where I, hey, how's the family, right? How's your kids? How was work? And that's kind of the extent of our conversations, right? Because we're here corporately. And so that's why we need the other circles, amen? Does anybody see that? To help my growth, to help lay my foundations as I'm living, excuse me, for God each day. Let's look at Acts 2, 42 through 47. I want to skip down for time's sake. I'm going a little long. Um, bear with me. This is going on to 46. Who do I got back there on a computer? Drew, what's up? Everybody give Drew a big hand. I love you, man. Doing a great job. Down to four, verse 46 there. It says, so then they worshiped together at the temple each day, met homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, right? And each day the Lord added, somebody say added, to their fellowship, to those who were being saved. Hear me. If we stay faithful to God, he will add to your groups. He will add to your fellowship. He will add to your communities. He will add to your inner circle if you need an inner circle. He'll add to your small group if you're, if you're craving that the relationship with, with people that got your back. And he will add to our church on Sunday mornings. Amen. That's my prayer every week. God send us new people, new families, people who need you. I don't want perfect people. I need, I need hurting, desperate people that need nothing other than God, amen? And that's my prayer, that God would send them to us. And if we're faithful, he will, amen? He will. That last point. <clears throat> so I want to ask you this question. Do you, this morning, sitting here in the sanctuary, do you have each of these three different types of circles in your life? Statistics say you probably don't, but that's okay, Right? If you do, if you do have these, man, you're doing awesome. Keep running. Keep running. Stay accountable to the, to the people that you're accountable to. Keep pouring into them. Amen. Keep running your race. But if not, if you don't have, hopefully you have at least one of these circles. If you don't have any of these circles, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Get connected, right? So that together, we all can run in circles, amen? Victory in Jesus' name. You know what? Running uh, with other people is, is just funner. Anybody else? Is it funner to run with other people? It's just, excuse me, that much better, amen? Oh, I'm going to go ahead and read this last scripture. Philippians 2, 1 through 5. 
It says at verse one, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy, Paul says, by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together, somebody say together, with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I'm so thankful for the attitude and the life and the spirit that Jesus Christ had for his church, for the world, for his people, amen? If we believe in that, we're actually reaping the, the benefits and the fruit of what that means for us that Jesus did, that we, in turn, have to do the same thing for each other, right? We belong to each other. Hey, man, can we get the lights uh, dimmed down a little bit? I want to ask you all to join me in prayer. Would you all do that? However you like to pray, if you want to close your eyes or bow your head. And <clears throat> God, I thank you for, for your son, God, and for everything that he gives us, um, all the promises that are through him. Lord, and right now, God, we want to be, uh, be open before you and transparent before you. If you're here this morning, and I'm talking about these circles, and you feel alone, and you want to have some real godly relationships in your life, you have that desire um, but you're feeling a little timid, you're feeling a little, you don't know if you can do it, but you want to do it. Don't think about how you feel, but your heart's desire is you want more relationships with real people that are trying to do the same things you are. If that's you, right now, I just want you to raise your hand. Raise your hands in this place. If you are trying to forge some of these circles in your life, an inner circle, amen, there's hands going up, hands going up, small circles, large groups, amen. Father God, Lord, I thank you for honesty. Lord, I thank you for those that are raising their hands. Lord, and I would pray that you would send the right people into their lives, Lord. God, if it's not of you, then don't send them to them. Lord, and I just uh, pray right now, if they're in relationships with any people they're not supposed to be in relationships with, God, that you would sever those relationships. God, if they're relationships with people in sin, we can still love them from afar, uh, and we can still pray for them. God, but we're not called to be an intimate relationship with those types of people that those relationships would be broken in Jesus' name. Anything stifling the growth of your church, Lord. Amen. If you're here this morning, and we're talking about all these crazy circles and all this or that, and you're here, and maybe, maybe you have never given your life to Christ. We call it being born again. And it's a simple decision that you make that says, you know what, God, I want to trust. You said something today, Pastor, and I just I feel like me and God are we're not on good terms. You maybe feel like God's mad at you all the time. And maybe God's not mad at you. Let me tell you, he's not mad at you. He still loves you. But maybe you feel that way because you just know your life ain't right. And if your life ain't right, the best thing you can do is accept him now. So if that's you, right now is your moment. If that's you, you want to give your life to Christ. You know, maybe you've fallen away and you just need to, you've, you've been born again. You've, you've made that decision once before, but you need him to restore your relationship today. If that's you too, one or the other, you never have or need to be restored, right now is your moment. Right now I want you to stand up. Stand up. If he's speaking to you and you want to you trust him with your life today, you want to get saved, you want to get born again, start a fresh new slate, a fresh new life today, 
Right now is your moment. No one's looking at you while praying for you. That's you stand up in this place. Amen. A few more seconds. Amen. Well, Father, God, Lord, we love you. God, we thank you one more time. Lord, I thank you for each person, each family in this place. Lord, I pray as we leave, God, we would have that constant reminder, God, of your goodness and your faithfulness. God, and how much you love us. God, and the most important relationship, God, is our relationship with you. God, so I would pray that we would, if we're not forging any relationships, God, we forge that relationship. God, our relationship with you, God, be the strongest it's ever been. God, if we have a strong relationship with you, God, the rest of our relationships will be even stronger. God, so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.